Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast that starts with intro music, Howling at the Moon. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bible, make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Pierce. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry here at the University of Colorado Boulder, where it's raining, Matt. Uh, what? I, uh, I have a question for you, Matt. Um, mm. We know that good friend of the pod, a uh, frequent guest, uh, and Dave Matthews, uh, super fan who goes to multiple shows in a tour stop. Uh, we know one of the big characteristics of Adam and his personality is that he subscribes to a physical newspaper and he's the last person under the age of 80 who still does that. Matt, do you do you have a newspaper subscription? Do you pay for, do you, do you cross the, you have ways to cross the paywalls? Yeah, yeah. I've got my New York Times app right here, and I've got my LA Times app right here. And then we've even got a subscription to the Atlantic for my long reads, you know? Oh. Uh, so I'm paying through the nose. Yeah, I think I the Atlantic has like an education yeah. discount. Um, mm-hmm. I think the LA Times is way overpriced, but oh, I get my local, my local stuff. <laughs> Just a little local. So you, you get the national news through the New York Times, and then you have your little local paper. My little local paper. Times. Yeah. Times. Similarly, Matt, I've, I, I have a New York Times subscription. Uh, I started off with the Washington Post, but uh, you know, I've switched over. I'm a New York Times guy now. It's uh, just the so, there's so much. It's really good. Yeah, there's so much, um, and I use I, I use the cooking a lot. Like I have a New York Times cooking subscription as well, uh, and so my culinary game has exploded over the past two years. Thank you, New York Times. But I also have a subscription to my little local paper that maybe you've heard of. Uh, it's uh, just as big a deal as the Los Angeles Times. It's the Boulder Daily Camera, Matt. Uh, and I've had the a subscription. Daily camera. The Daily Camera. Yeah, it captures what happens every day uh, through photos and words, like a camera. Uh, and I've had it for years, Matt. And only recently have I really gotten into the email they send me every morning. You know, I get a bunch of them, right? Like Colorado Sun comes to my inbox, the Digest, the Denver Post Digest. Like they send 70,000 emails trying to get you to click on the same stories. And it's all the same stories, right? Like, anyway, uh, but there's one email that I really look forward to, you know, Matt, and that is I get the Daily Camera's uh, email that's not just the Digest because I do get that email and I don't open that one. Uh, They send me, let's see what the subject line says here. It says, oh, shoot. Oh, no. Uh, it's the link to like the pictures, the PDFs of the actual newspaper. <laughs> and that what? is much more enjoyable. That I love it. I read it every day. <laughs> what PDF of the newspaper? Yeah. I mean, and I can wow. get like on my phone, it opens up in the books app and stuff, right? And so mm. I put it that way. It's not best mobile. I really like it on my uh, big screen here on my second screen in the office. Because uh, because it, it's got, got the whole, I wish I could share screen with you in in our current uh, podcasting application. I've got like the actual picture of well, like the whole newspaper page, right? Uh, and then you click on it and it like opens it up big uh, on the right side of the screen and you can read the article. Uh, but my favorite part, Matt, because my favorite part of the newspaper, uh, an indication of my increasing age, is not the articles, Matt. They're nice, right? They're complete mm-hmm. ones. I'll read them from time to time. But on the very back page of the sports section is the weather slash outdoor page, Matt. Uh, 
And we got some great content on there today. Uh, so, you know, the big article, there's only one article in the back, 12 easy, medium, or hard day hikes from your front range base camp. So that's great stuff, right? Like, could look into it. I want to go to, uh, what do we got here? Silver Dollar Lake, uh, Gore Lake, Chasm Lake, Horse Tooth Reservoir. There's a lot of different things there. It's great. But I'm here for the weather and the weather almanac, Matt. And uh, it's... Uh, almanac. It's called a weather almanac. Uh, I call... Yeah, 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 yeah. It is almanac. Wow. That's uh, great. It gives you all the information that old white men need in order to be effective uh, in our position in society. Mm-hmm. And Matt, it's uh, it's officially the equinox today. We are headed towards winter. Uh, it has happened. We are recording the day after the 21st night of September. Uh, and uh, it is fall. And fall has fallen here in the People's Republic of Boulder because it is cold and rainy outside, Matt. And it was 90 degrees two days ago, and it was miserable, and things are doing great. And uh, as a person uh, who's a, been a victim of a, a wildfire, uh Rain is good, right? And we like mm-hmm. I want to stay up to date with it, uh, you know, to see how we're doing, to see what the the likelihood of uh, our civilization burning down again is. And um, the almanac is where I do it because it has a precipitation trend chart, and I love it. And it's month by month, Matt. So we're in September. Uh, the weather the the weather cutoff to make the paper because you got to print the paper, Matt. That's the only issue, right? Uh, it's not a live kind of thing. Is eight o'clock the night before, and we got plenty of rain overnight. So I'm not too concerned that the numbers aren't what I want them to be. But uh, in September, Matt, we've only received 1.18 inches of precipitation, which is great, if you recall, uh, because in 2021, we only received half an inch, 0.54, though the average is 2.09 inches of of weather, of rain. Uh, So we've got some work to do. We need a whole, almost a whole another inch to get up to average, which would be great. We will not eclipse the record, which was set when I lived here, Matt. And I recall because uh, as I told my daughter uh, driving home from school yesterday in the rain, I was like, this rain is great. And she was like, yeah, this is great. As long as it doesn't rain too much, then there will be a flood. Because in 2013, we received 18 inches of rain in September uh, in a 500-year flood here in the People's Republic of Boulder. So great stuff in the Almanac. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm keeping tabs on it. I'll, I'll text you tomorrow, Matt, let you know what kind of rain we got overnight. See how we're looking. That's great. That's super helpful. I think I, uh, I think I remember that because I think there was a meme that went viral that said, "I'm gonna build an ark." Don't worry, <laughs> I'm gonna build an ark. I remember it went viral. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, we needed arks back then. I, I was watching TV, uh, news coverage of the flood, and they were at an intersection that was completely covered in water. Uh, and as I was watching it, I realized that my house was in the background of the shot. <laughs> I walked out and was like, oh, no, this is pretty real deal. <laughs> yeah. So climate stuff, going fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally, totally going fine. Yeah. Uh, wow. Rain. I barely remember. I think we got like uh, a couple drops uh, last last week. Thing, COVID Matt, you was don't have descending. to remember when you have the almanac because you can check it. Every day. I know. Well, the problem, our problem right now is um, that when it rained, we realized that uh, we probably need a new roof. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, I told, I told Chris, I was like, well, it hardly ever rains here. So I think, I think it's a pretty good bet. Like, I think we'll be okay. Like it, yeah. it might rain like once or twice this year, but we'll probably be fine. That was not convincing to her. Uh, uh. So I think, I don't know. 
Do I want rain? Do I not want rain? Do I want my house flooded? Do I not want my house flooded? I don't know. That did um, happen to me in Bakersfield, California, with the church council there. I was. Uh, it rains even less in Bakersfield than it does here in Boulder, where on average, Matt, in case you were wondering, we get about uh, 21 inches of precipitation a year, uh, which is not a lot, right? But not nothing. Uh, they got about six inches of precipitation a year in Bakersfield. <laughs> and uh, it all came in one day uh, that year. And it <laughs> yeah. came on a Sunday and I was at the oh, altar no. presiding over, you know, the, the, the Holy Eucharist. And I heard this ting, ting, <laughs> and what was happening is the rain, the roof was leaking onto the communion mm-hmm. trays on the altar. Incredible. Um, and it became a big crisis that we, you know, we didn't have the money to replace the roof. And then somebody was like, you know, it's probably not going to rain for 12 more months. And everybody's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I think. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. I, I will say when our church roof was leaking, the pictures of buckets in the sanctuary catching water were a pretty good fundraising tool. So just uh, yeah. lean into just, it. <laughs> lean into it. Into the roof. Not too far into it. You don't want to fall through the hole, you know. But right. Then... And that's got stream flows here, Matt, in case you were wondering. Boulder Creek is at uh, 43 cubic feet per second, which is uh, the level that's considered dead. Uh, best place you could go to find some flow. You're going to have to go, oof. Man, it's pretty rough. Gore Canyon is at medium, uh, which is 915 cubic feet per second. Uh, even out in uh, Dreamboat, it's Steamboat, the Yampa, 112, dead. No, it's low. It's not dead yet. So, Wow. Well, you go to South Pat and Bailey. That's where you want to go fishing. Medium, 303. Make a good fish there. I, uh, I do not. I don't have an almanac for here. All I have is my Dark Sky app, which reminds me every time I open it that it will be unavailable. As of one one twenty twenty three, we need to get a dark sky app expert on here. It's not going to be available I, because it's now fully yeah, integrated well, into the Apple. Fully like, is one. App. I mean, like they've incorporated some stuff, but it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. I preferred feeling like I was a real weather enthusiast when I paid yeah. for the dark sky app. You know, right? Like it's not about the information. It's about me making me feel and live into the old white guy who checks the weather in the newspaper every day. Uh, Yep. What is Uh, that about? Why does this, why did this happen to me, Matt? I saw somebody posting it uh, memes on Facebook that I'm starting to come around on. I'm not there yet. Right. Hannah's a little, the vinyl spouse is ahead of me on this, but like how you can live your whole life, not caring about birds and then yeah. one day you're like, bird. Oh, is I that was a- going to say, I, I feel like yeah. the birding is a similar, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it happens. And it seems to happen like, like I remember when I was uh, interning in Knoxville, Tennessee uh, with Tyson House, the Lutheran Episcopal Campus Ministry at the University of Tennessee. And uh, my supervisor, my Episcopal supervisor, Michelle Bolt, uh, is, is just lovely. Her husband had just really gotten into birds and she was telling me about it. And I was like, wow, that is the most boring thing I can think of. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah. awful, right? So it was happening to people 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, still happening. I don't mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. Yep. I mean, it's the same thing probably for me being on the uh, Reddit subreddit for lawn care. It's the same. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Defashion yeah. soon here. I'm excited. Wow. Well, uh, speaking of lawn care, 
Here's some yeah. texts with uh, seeds in them. I think there's a seed in here somewhere. There is a seed. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's why you got all this content. It was all a lead up to growth yep. and, uh, and, and planting. So uh, let's talk about the texts. T for T. Our first reading comes to us from Habakkuk. 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 I, mean, I would say, <laughs> yeah, this is one of those where you, well, fortunately, as a clergy person, you're probably not going to read it in the assembly. Uh, and so you just get to look like a smart person because they'll like the reader will nervously look at you and you'll just give them a knowing like, yeah, just you did it right. Um <laughs> I mean, and, let them say it wrong and then audibly correct them. I think that's oh, really the actually, best. actually, yeah. <laughs> have a kook. Mm-hmm. No, I always tell, like, like just pick a pronunciation and be confident. That's it. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter. Just if be you confident. If you have enough confidence in it, people who thought they know, like people who know how to how it's pronounced, will start to question themselves. I mean, I, mean, I, I do. It happens to me all the time. It's true. It's true. I mean, it's such an interesting, like... I don't know what psychologically accounts for this, but like we, most of the time people made myself like people think what you want to do is like, when you get to a word, you don't know to like pause and like maybe try to say it like three different ways. And that's like the thing you're supposed to do, but it's not Mm -hmm. the thing you're supposed to do. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to just pick a pronunciation and say it confidently and keep going. I don't know why, like, I don't know. I don't know why we're hardwired to do that. So, and here's the thing: these aren't English words, right? Like, and you are reading them in English, right? Even though they're not yeah. English words, right? It's like you know, uh, Estados Unidos, Estados Unidos, Matt. Uh, they don't say United States in Spanish, right? They they say it in Spanish, right? So you mm-hmm. get to Qatar, Qatar, nobody knows. Uh, so just say something, right? And like you want to be respectful and stuff, but like. Mr. Habakkuk is not coming. Like he, he's unavailable for comment right now. Unavailable for comment. Uh, but this oracle, the oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw, which oh happens Lord. to be the same place where the Golden State Warriors used to play basketball. It's gonna say. It's gonna say I like that reference. This is a good reference. Mm-hmm. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen, or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them. But the righteous live by their faith. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. I don't know that I appreciate the insinuation that runners have poor eyesight. You don't like that? No? Uh, yeah, I got, you know, my eyesight has, <laughs> has degraded as my interest in the weather has gone up, uh, but I don't mm. think it has to do with being a runner. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's too bad. This anti-runner sentiment in here, though. I guess it does say, it imply that runners can read at a time in which uh, most of society was not literate. That's true. That's true. So, tit for tat. Well, otherwise, uh, good text. I think. I mean, very dramatic. Yeah. You start with this mm-hmm. uh, just lamenting, uh, but then there's a there's a shift. I mean, it could have just gone that we've seen plenty of. Old Testament text, it's just, it's just pure lament and bitterness. Uh, mm-hmm. But this one, this one makes a shift. Uh, I mean, he's going to stand at the watch post and keep watching the Lord. It has this very dramatic ending, just really powerful stuff. Write the vision, make it plain. There is still a vision for the appointed time. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It's so good. Good stuff. It is good stuff. I, I just uh, note here. Matt, that the change happens before the vision comes, which is, I think, interesting and worth exploring. Um, that there is that, like, you know, there are kind of like three sections here. And the first one is lament, but then it moves to a conviction to stand on the watch post, to station myself on the rampart. And then the vision comes in the last one. The change in Habakkuk, in the prophet, happens before the vision comes, which is interesting. Um, and perhaps a piece of good news for those of us who might long for visions that do not come uh that just because the vision hasn't come that does not mean change is not possible or mm. near yeah so stand at that watch post station yourself on the rampart you've been doing that lately stationing yourself on the rampart matt i've been uh thinking and talking about church building projects for a lot recently and uh one of the things when you talk to a church architect you got to impress upon them because they're not, they don't always just do churches. It might just be a random architect, like how important the ramparts are because you're going to need people standing up there. It's a critical part of Christian life mm-hmm. being on the literal ramparts of a building. Indeed. Which I'm not Very- sure what it is. I think it has something to do with ramming. Isn't the ramparts red glare? This is totally a thing. We, it just, it's fallen out of, um, uh... Rampart has also been name of a police station in Los Angeles. What? Uh, let's see. Now I want to look it up. It's a protective barrier, a bulwark, a broad embankment raised as a fortification and usually surmounted by a parapet. Another great word. Oh, a wall. I'm going to go to the parapet. I think actually before I go to uh, just the regular rampart. Wow. Look at these pictures on, on Wikipedia on our audio <laughs> podcast. Wow. Uh, yeah, big wall. Yeah, that's that's a rampart. Parapet. I first learned what that word meant because it showed up in a U2 song and I had to look it up. I was like, what's that? <laughs> oh. Well, um what what else to say about the sex? Oh, I think the um I I, I just to, to to build off what you're saying about like that shift to standing at the watch post before the vision even comes. I think that there's I think um, 10 years into ministry, I, I have more of that sense of like, okay, let's wait. Let's let's wait and then wait for this thing to, to come. You've got to wait for the energy to shift, wait for the spirit to move. That like, there is this kind of, um, I don't know how else to describe it. It's like, uh, it's like the force in Star Wars or something, but it's like sometimes the thing is ready to go and sometimes it's just not and you cannot mm-hmm. force it. You cannot like make it happen. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to let it let it lie and put your energy somewhere else. Um, but there is this kind of like waiting for the energy to come, waiting for the vision to actually arrive. And if it's not there, you can't force it. You got to like stand and wait for it and position yourself and be ready for it. To the ramparts. To the ramparts. 
Well, uh, anything else on Habakkuk? I think we Habakkuk it up nicely. Second Timothy 1, 1 to 14. Yeah, confusing. The beginning of the second book, second letter <laughs> to Timothy. Yeah. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, for the sake of the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, to Timothy, my beloved child. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience, as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, recalling your tears for fears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois, we all remember Lois, and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure it lives in you. Interesting there that the faith is passed down matrilinearly, Matt. Mm, yeah. There's a thing in like Matthew's gospel. Is it Matthew's gospel? Uh, one of the genealogies of Jesus is matrilinear. Um, <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, for this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. Interesting. Uh, it's just got to be my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, prisoner of the Lord. But join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, but now has been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed as a herald on the ramparts and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason, I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed, for I know the one in whom I have put my trust. And I am sure that he is able to guard until that day what I have entrusted to him. Hold to the standard of sound teaching. I think he's endorsement of podcast that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the hope of the Holy Spirit living in us. Uh, the word of God and of life. Thanks be to God. That's an excellent name for a podcast. Sound teaching. That's Sound rename the podcast. Sound teaching. There's a music podcast in Chicago called Sound Opinions. Right. Yep. Uh, what do we think about this text? I mean, I think the part that you highlighted there—that uh, that matrilineal faith being passed down from generation to generation—I feel like that's the most vivid part of the text. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, I, I love that the people are named too. Because you could just said your grandmother, your mother, Lois, and Eunice. Like, yeah, names. That is such a a powerful thing. And worth saying, you know, like, um, it, and it goes into, I've talked about it before that, that one of the more compelling call stories that I think about these days is, um, how I get to be the, the giver, Lois Lowry's the giver, speaking of Lois's, mm-hmm. right. The giver and receiver of memories. Um, and not that I think this is incredibly important, right. But that this, somebody says it. There's a quote going around that says you like die twice, right? Like you die when you die and then you die the last time someone says your name. Um, and, you know, that's not a thing that we do nearly as well as other cultures um, in, in naming the dead, right? But that um, 
we're getting ready to do our 75th anniversary party, which this episode brought to you by the 75th anniversary celebration of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado. Saturday, October 8th at 5.30 here at St. Aidan's Episcopal Church. You can stop by and help us celebrate and uh, the past and raise some money for the future and be all excited about what we're doing. And in the process of preparing for that, uh, that celebration, we've been doing a lot of history things and digging through photos and hearing stories and trying to get the history lined up. Um, and so we get to hear the names of the saints. Um, and so, you know, a donation came in from somebody who, um, uh, whose mother-in-law was like a 1936 graduate of the university uh, wow. who I knew right before she died. Right. And like, it came in the email, right? Like, oh, you know, Susan, that, um, you know, her mother-in-law, uh, or her mother was, uh, LB and like, uh, like, ah, for me, I'm like, oh, I remember LB. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and so that there is life somehow in naming the the generations that have passed on things to us. Yeah. 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 Well, it speaks to how well Paul knows Timothy and knows this community that he is writing to. I mean, the fact that like, you know who that person is. I mean, it's like because of all the different relationships that you have. Um, and it's similar for Paul here. Like he knows this community and he knows Timothy and he knows the people in Timothy's family. And that's, it's a really powerful thing. And that's that's a big part of where you, I think as a preacher, your power sits, hmm. um, right? Is in your intimate knowledge and relationship with the community to whom you are speaking. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Anything, anything else we got on Timothy? It's a lot of connection if you were going to go with the whole rampart thing heralds that sort of stuff i think it, mm. it fits well with that there's this whole like if you really want to get uh philosophical with it that the idea that the grace was given to christ jesus before the ages began but now mm. we know it through the appearing of our savior christ jesus the idea mm. that jesus is a, a pre uh take this take that kumar nanjiani jesus is a pre-eternal uh being <laughs> wow we also get the line, uh, rekindle the gift of God that is within you, which I believe was the theme of the ELCA's roster leader gathering at some oh, point. Either, yeah. either it was or or is a future one. I don't remember because I must have interested. forgotten. From when <laughs> I wasn't that interested. <laughs> yep. It's strange that people didn't find the ELCA clergy Facebook page come to life to be a <laughs> really... <laughs> Attractive Crazy. thing to be a part of. Uh, it's just the pandemic. Just the pandemic. <laughs> just the pandemic. Uh, gospel, according to Luke. Praise to you. Uh, uh, yeah, you know. Glory to you, Lord. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table? Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink? Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. 
the gospel of the Lord. <laughs> Praise to you, oh Christ, uh, indeed. Man. Um, what? What? Can we just do the first part? <laughs> yeah, we'll just do the first part. Matt, let's talk about trees. Uh, and I don't have a good sound for trees. I just have the sheep noise um, and not the, not the tree noise. Um, but uh, sometimes they sneak stuff in here, right? Like the key to the that other mustard seed story is that the mustard seed uh, tree is not large at all. It's a shrub. But here, mulberry trees do grow to almost uh, 80 feet. They're big ones. So... Uh, so it is what it appears to be on uh, first reading. A little disappointing Jesus doesn't follow through with this by making it happen. Because that would be pretty cool. See, uh, <laughs> would have been pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. See it rise like the ends. Mm-hmm. Move into the sea. Uh, then I've got two notes on the uncomfortable part of uh, the gospel here. Coming to us from our good friends, Robert Molina. I had not read this before. I've, you know, uh, we've both been through the lectionary multiple times. Uh, and the spine of my social science commentary on the Synoptic Gospels is pretty well broken. And I feel like I've read all the parts on the, the lectionary uh, texts. But here's something new. Having slaves was common in Palestine during the first century, even among relatively poor families. The very poorest farmed out their, their children as a way of ensuring they were fed. Uh, the master of this parable only has uh, apparently only has one slave who would do both the field work and cooking. For a master to serve his own slave would be so shocking even to contemplate that the question asked in verse 7 clearly expects a negative answer. So I've never, never heard that before. Yeah, that seems... Surprising. Mm-hmm. So how, like, so you would farm out your children to be slaves to, like, so that they would have room and board? What's the... Yeah, I think that's the intimation here, right? Uh, uh, birth control, not uh, super effective uh, in the ancient Near East. Um, and, you know, I mean, uh, feeding your children was a pretty, I mean, for some folks still is a, a pretty significant issue. Uh, it was a big societal problem until, you know, fairly recently in modern history. And so I think the idea was um, uh, farming them out, giving your kids to other people uh, where they would, would, would act as servants or slaves uh, ensured that they would have enough food to survive, which may not be a thing that you are capable of providing for your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still unsure what to do, what to do with it. I mean, of course, like we don't want to read into Jesus, our 21st century values. And yet at the same time, this seems like, too straightforward like you would expect him to do some kind of unexpected yeah unexpected move here even within his own cultural context some kind of unexpected move so what's the unexpected what's the unexpected move that he's making um hmm Oh, that's tough, man. <laughs> I'd like it to be there, but I'm not sure. <clears throat> really. 
I mean, I guess the slightly, it's not super satisfying. Is he, um, he doesn't super definitively answer his own question. That's rhetorical. Um, so there's a crack in the door. If you're looking for that. The other note that Robert and Melina have uh, is around the Greek and when it says we are worthless slaves, um, that evidently it's a little more complicated in the Greek that we are slaves who are owed nothing. Like our, no one is indebted to us hmm. sort of thing. Like our, like we, you know, if you're operating in a, in a kind of understanding of the world where people owe you things and stuff, right? Like, um, the super literalist way to translate it would be that we are slaves with a, you know, a balance of zero on the, what we are owed and what we owe. Yeah. And if Jesus is a, sounds pretty harsh. Yeah. Right. Right. And if Jesus is applying that across the board, I mean, maybe, Maybe one way to read it um, is that rather than like reinforcing the, these kind of strict social hierarchies, Jesus is kind of like, I mean, either that we're all slaves of God, that there's like this equalizing thing mm -hmm. where like, no, you're all like, none of you are owed anything. Whereas like, you know, the people in power might be like, no, we're like owed all this stuff from these poor people just like no no you're all you're you're all in the same boat here or are we if you want to take a luther approach where it's like you're all we're all um slaves of one another that we're all servants of one another that we um both owe nothing <laughs> we are owed nothing and yet um and yet our responsibilities to one another and i wonder if you can if you can reshape it like that does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. The other uh, literal translation that Robert Molina offer is without need. Um, so we are slaves without need um, mm. is actually the more literal way in that it's a part of an, of an idiomatic Middle Eastern phrase that uh, meant owed nothing. So hmm. we are servants without need, I think is a... I think that's much more helpful. And then you can tie that back into, to go back up to the point you're making that to, to the, Paul can be helpful here, uh, prisoner in Christ Jesus, um, or the testimony yeah. of our Lord of, or of me, his prisoner. Um, so, I mean, I think that's the unexpected thing, right? Like, is there's this, on one hand, there is this like very common sense, talking to people, many of whom would have had uh, slaves and servants um, about understanding the roles of, in some ways, affirming the roles of of the, the master and, and slave, um, but then intimating that you are the slave, um, <laughs> regardless of your position in life. Yeah. Yep, here's your chance to uh, pull out that Luther quote. Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. Christian is a perfectly duty to perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all. So there you go. There's your, uh, there you know, pull out a Luther quote. Go for it. 
you've been waiting for a good Sunday to pull out a Luther quote, you Lutheran pastors, which I know you all are. You're just like, oh. I wonder if they ever taught in Lutheran seminaries preaching like, like you know, um, I hear about the three-point sermon, right? Like was a thing for a long time, was you need to have three points. Um, and, you know, when we went through, three points were out of favor, and so it was just the good news with Craig Satterley. And uh, I wonder if one point it was, uh, and a Luther quote. You need to have at least one <laughs> Luther, quote. Luther quote. I know somebody who went through it who said that their preaching professor said they had to talk about baptism at every sermon. Every sermon should be about baptism or something. Wow. And I feel like they misconstrued it because they literally talk about baptism explicitly in every <laughs> sermon, which sometimes feels... It's an important part of Christian life, Matt. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but sometimes you're like shoehorning it into things. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, be a bird of plant in the sea. That's a baptismal image right there. There it is. So, uh, you know, he got he got water. I did once uh, preach on this text. Uh, I mean, one fun thing to do is to move these from this context to your context. So uh, I was preaching on Central American and Caribbean Heritage Sunday because uh, we're in Latin, Latinx Heritage Month. And 21st of September, in addition to being part of an Earth, Wind, and Fire song, is also Belizean Independence Day. Um, mm. So I changed it from a mulberry tree to a mahogany tree. And I talked a lot about mahogany nice. trees and people uh, where it was great. I could show a picture from that one time I went to Belize and uh, it was a good hook. And then I must've preached some good I news. I forgot too, you but got it to was go a good hook. Yeah, I, I did go for work one time, one time. And you didn't write that Lily Grant to go back to Belize for a while. You've been to West Virginia. Um, West Virginia and Germany. And Germany, uh, Deutschland. Um, I would like as well, uh, when you're talking to your church architects, church builders, uh, get those ramparts in the plans, but also ask to commission some uh, stained glass window art of a mulberry tree being cast into the sea. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I mean, that would be a good object lesson too. You could be like, well, I brought a, you know, I couldn't find a mulberry tree, but I got, uh, you know, go, go to your local nursery, bring in a little tree in a pot. And uh, let's see if this works, y'all. Let's see if it works. <laughs> can be really fun. Oh, I like the well, image. I'm stuck at the image of like a tree floating in a in a body of water. Like that's that's what I'd want the the logo of the church to be of Mulberry Lutheran, Mulberry Episcopal. I went to a Mulberry Presbyterian church growing up. So no, it's a cool name for a church. Mm-hmm. Well, what? are we listening to as we plant our trees in the sea since matt i get to go first i'm going to take it take the easy way out and go george michael faith because uh, that's what's going on we haven't talked much about faith in this um though um you know if you were if i were to point you to where i think the full embodiment of the faith of of faith as it's proclaimed in these readings is that image of habakkuk standing on the ramparts uh, uh before the vision has even come So there you go. Uh, Then, you know, there aren't a lot of songs about mustard, but the Beatles, uh, the Beatles, uh, they've got Mean Mr. Mustard. We're going to put it on a playlist this week. And uh, the modern day Beatles, the Radiohead, Matt. Radiohead's uh, fake plastic. modern day Beatles. (laughs) That's what everybody calls them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I got, Matt. What do you, uh, what do you, about you? What do you listen to this week? Well, you uh, you spent a lot of time talking about the weather, 
So mm-hmm. I feel like I got to put REM's Pop Song 89 on there. Shall oh, we talk yeah. about the weather? <laughs> See, they're speaking like a little cynically about it. They just they didn't know. They weren't old yet. <laughs> they weren't old I yet. I guarantee now that you get Michael Stipe and you could have a long conversation about the weather right now. Especially Bill Barry, best farmer. So. You know, speaking of REM, I did, you know, getting ready to go to uh, Great Smoky Mountains as part of this. This trip next year, my my Lonely Planet guide to the Great Smoky Mountains also includes a section on Athens, Georgia, because apparently that's part of the, the region. Road, yeah. I don't know. Is it that close? I'll meet up with you for that part. And we'll go to the 40 Watt Club down in Athens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Georgia borders the Great Smoky National Park. Wow. And Athens, not that far from the border. Yeah, I mean, it's all relative. It's all relative. <laughs> it's all a lot closer than the West, which is just... Yeah, it's not like... Everything's really far. Oh, and then uh, we got seeds. So uh, let's go with the seed 2.0 by the roots, which mm. happens to be a song that includes seed and roots because the band name is roots. I mean, this is just plant life all over the place. These guys must've worked at a nursery. Mechanical I don't someday. know. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, and then uh, finally, I-, I feel like these first verses in Habakkuk make me think of a, a deep cut U2 song from all that you can't leave behind. When I look at the world, my YouTube 2000s, all that you can't leave behind. It's 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 uh, not a single, but it's a good one. I like it, man. You know, I think our weather bird stuff is also inclusive of the pandemic uh, plant movement. Um, I went to pick up dinner. It was nice, rainy. We I picked it up from our local Tibetan restaurant because uh, we have eight thousand Tibetan restaurants here in Boulder County, and it's lovely. It's just like not super spicy Indian food. Um, and uh, it's next door to a plant store. It's just like a house plant store. Nice. Yeah. Students come and they have like exhaustive knowledge of different kinds of house plants and stuff. And it's, it's crazy. Exhaustive knowledge. Someday I'll aspire to that after I get over birding. Um, yeah. I mean, there's too much to do. It's true. Well, it's been real. Real vinyl. Ooh.